Hey guys, it's Sam. I got some important stuff to tell you before the episode starts. Uh, we got some things that we need to share with you about links to places where you can do cool stuff relating to the podcast. Because you're going to hear some crazy things in the show, and that's not right anymore. This is the source of truth. So you can follow us on Twitter, at Metal Gear Monday. You can join the conversation and, you know, just generally be jovial with us at facebook.com slash metal gear mondays or you can go to patreon.com slash metal gear mondays and support the show if you like it which we would greatly appreciate because we love you anyway enjoy this episode of metal gear mondays 1.0 this week on metal gear mondays we're taking this shit online Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Metal Gear Mondays, the Metal Gear Solid podcast where we tackle the games in chronological order, more or less, and talk about them in book club style fashion. As always, I'm your host, Alessio Summerfield, and this week I'm joined by Sam Wright. Decision 2016, Pitch Black, the winner. Fuck you, Zach DeTrocchio. Fuck you. And I'm also joined by Sam Wright. Decision 2016, Pitch Black, the winner. Fuck you, Zach DiTrocchio. Fuck you. And as always, I'm joined by Alessio Summerfield. Um, so this week we are... <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> happened? This is a, Twilight Zone? This is kind of like a hybrid, uh, hybrid episode slash side op thing. So um, some of the last things that we did not talk about on the main season were uh, some of the things that came... We touched on very lightly the downloadable camos uh, on the original subsistence release of MGS3, um, and we touched a little bit on the uh, funny cutscenes that did not make the jump to the HD collection, um, but the big thing that we didn't talk about was Metal Gear Online. Um, so Sam and I are going to talk about Metal Gear Online for a little bit, and uh, then we are going to read some responses and get the fuck on out of Metal Gear Solid 3 forever. Um, and not forever. Keep this truck a truck, and forever is a very long time, Alessia. Well, see, we have to get through every single game in the series, and then do an episode on the pachinko machine. Jesus that's Christ. that's we'll when we get back to three. We'll be back. <laughs> 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 like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna travel to go to patreoncom network. We need to go to Japan. Yeah, to play those pachinko machines immediately. If you want to donate the cost of two grown men to go to Japan and back for the weekend, I will cover the fucking pachinko machine. Like whatever episode ha- like we have to cut to do that so no, you should just do we'll that do. we'll do um and we'll pr- fuck it we'll make a video too so if you pay us enough for sam and i to fly out there i will just video our journey trying to find this machine i don't think it would be that hard honestly it's true it'd be pretty, it'd, it'd be funny though but jinkle but yeah, so um, for the uninitiated, I feel like I use that phrase a lot, uh, Metal Gear Online uh, has been through a couple different permutations since this. Um, Metal Gear Online debuted with the Subsistence PS2 edition, so you had to have the uh, PS2 modem to play. Um, and then after that, Metal Gear Online was live for somewhere between a year to two years, not for very long. Um, and the servers were pulled, and uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 shipped with an online mode. Um, excuse me, I'm going to take that back. Metal Gear Solid 4 eventually had an online mode. I do not know if it was present with the game upon it wasn't release. Like, it wasn't with it immediately upon release, but it came a little bit later. I think it came around the same time that Trophy Support did. Okay. Um, 
And uh, then uh, Metal Gear Online uh, had its own life there for a while, um, where I believe it had like um, a fair amount of people playing it. I think a lot of people that I knew enjoyed it at the time. Um, I did not play for uh, contemporary with the release, so I actually did not get a chance to play MGS4 Online or Metal Gear Online version 2. Um, but, uh, then, uh, Metal Gear Online shipped with Ground Zero, or not Ground Zero, excuse me, uh, Freudian Slip, the Phantom Pain, um, and, uh, that is the current version of the game, uh, that is available right now. Um, but for everybody else, uh, let's turn the clock back, and Sam, you've played Metal Gear Online from MGS3, is that correct? I have not, because I never had the, I never had the, um, the modem for the PS2. Oh. So I would just watch videos and longing. Oh, okay. Well, um, I guess I'll start us off, and then you can tell us about your impressions from the videos that you watched. Um, So, when uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Subsistence shipped, it did have the uh, online disc. And if I remember correctly, I think I played the online. I wanted to try that out since I'd played and beaten 3. So, uh, the new camera system for, for MGS3 HD and Subsistence and all that, I feel like came about because of the online mode. Um, cause it feels very much so like a SOCOM or like a third person kind of shoot 'em up yeah. uncharted camera. That's what it, that's what it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah. So the online was tons of fun, man. Um, so, um, it, it, it handled just as, I, I don't want to say the word clunky, but it had the, <laughs> it had the original MGS3 style controls and everything like that. So it, uh, it played, um, I don't know, it played almost like Metal Gear Solid single player, but with a bunch of human players, which seems kind of archaic uh, pre-MGS5, because it's like, oh man, this doesn't handle like a fast multiplayer shooter. But it was actually really, really fun, because you could kind of break the systems a little bit and do some really weird shit. Um, the It was funny, because boxes were there, and it's like, okay, well, we know if there's a box, there's a dude in it. Um, but what they would do to circumvent that is they would have random boxes around the map as well. Um, Mm -hmm. so you never quite knew, um, on top of that, you could, I'm trying to remember exactly if they were like build outs or not. Fuck. This is the part in the show where you know that I didn't research. Um, but, uh, (laughs) you could, you could get different weapons. Um, cause I remember specifically, there were several maps and specifically one of them was kind of, and the maps were very different from the main game. Um, because they were kind of like, it was almost like Russian brick town squares and like an industrial zone um, and a couple other little spots that were original maps for online. Um, but you could get up on the rooftops on pretty much all of them. There were ladders and stuff that you could climb. Um, and you could just get up there with a sniper rifle and knock dudes down, which was killer to have like two snipers up on a roof. And then you have the rest of the team kind of like guarding that building. Um, but there was like team deathmatch mode. I believe that they were like King of the Hill esque, like stand in the circle for long enough kind of modes. Um, and then there was like a regular deathmatch. I um, mean, what was fun is you could go under like music and you could randomize the music. And so it actually had music from the different Metal Gear games that it would play, including sound effects. Which, if you did the original Metal Gear, was fucking rad because like <laughs> it was just like these little MSX sound effects uh, with your game. Um, they did, this was the first appearance of, like, the hero unit kind of thing that they're doing with, or that they've done with all of them. So, like, um, in Team Deathmatch, whoever had, like, the most kills on your team would be, like, Ocelot or Snake or whatever. Um, I believe there were also, like, VIP game types. So it was, like, everybody, oh, I remember what it was. It was, like, 
one player would be Snake and everybody else would be not Snake. And whoever killed Snake became Snake and then everybody had to kill that guy. Um, so it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just a ton of fun. Um, it's about what you would expect. Um, <laughs> I, if I remember correctly, there was like a light kind of auto-aim. So if you didn't go into first person and you just kind of like mashed on square... I think if you lightly held it for a second, the char- your character model would like automatically kind of lightly aim in the direction that the person was. So I remember at one point just like AK-47 running around and just kind of spraying dudes and uh, racking up some kills. And that was fun. And all the character models, I believe, were relatively similar. And so the way that they differentiate between teams is you have these like armbands that are red or blue. Um, and there was like a salute function, which was cool. If you press triangle and you were just standing there, you would salute. So, and then different people would have different salutes. So, like, the player who could play as Ocelot would do the fucking finger guns. Um, (laughs) And uh, it was just good, man. It was fun. You could throw down, like, the porno magazines. And if you were chasing somebody and they threw down the magazine, you would, like, get locked up for a second and have to look down at it and gawk. And then that person would just slit your throat. Um, (laughs) It was good, man. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was was a lot of fun. There was was a lot, like, from watching it, there's a lot of stuff there that... um, there was just like a there was a framework for a really good multiplayer experience there. Yeah, and um, I wish and it itself was seemed very fun. I wish that, and I'm assuming that Konami doesn't store the data for all that because I just feel like it'd be really expensive to have like a servered instance of that game just for archival purposes. But I wish that there was a way to have like an old retro throwback multiplayer mode in the new Metal Gear Online because yeah. Current Metal Gear Online is fun. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of experience with it, but just like having like a throwback multiplayer, even if it was just like throwback weekend, and just for that weekend you could play MGS3 version of the online. It'd just be a lot of fun. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's good. One of those games that I definitely wish had a PC release. That way some fans out there could just run like a bootleg server because it would be a lot of fun. Um but yeah, that's about it. I think I was like one of the few kids that I knew other than like a couple friends of mine that had the broadband adapter. Um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't friends with anybody that had it. Yeah, I think we all got it from like used copies of Final Fantasy XI at GameStop and stuff like that. <laughs> um, I think I may have eBayed one at one point, but... But yeah, so I don't know. It was a ton of fun. Um, I would definitely check it out if you did not know about this. Check it out on YouTube. Um, I'll throw just a couple random uh, MGO uh, YouTube videos up on the show notes. There are a couple fun, like, I mean, honestly, when they were saying they were turning the servers off, I remember some people made some fun, like, montage videos and stuff like that (laughs) of just different things. Um, It's goofy as fuck, but it's a lot of fun. Um, especially, Especially when your whole team gets to be Ocelot's, like cleanup crew and stuff like that it's just yeah it's goofy it's good i like it a lot it was way goofier i think than the current iteration of metal gear online um but well the the whole the whole metal gear solid five is just kind of soul crushingly serious the tone that's true so it's way less goofy but but yeah so that's mgo if any of you guys have played metal gear online i will definitely retroactively read those on future side ops so Definitely let us know if you've played it. I'd love to hear more about other people who've played it. Who knows? Maybe we played together at some point. Um, but, yeah. In the secret past, maybe. In the secret past. Um, but, yeah, Sam, did you have anything else to add about MGO? Not about MGO. 
Um, I said that as if I had anything else to add in general. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, no, not about MGO, but I do tell you what. <laughs> well, now I feel bad because I was under the impression that you had played it at some point. So now I feel bad that poor Isaac is not on the episode because he thought he would oh. have, have nothing to talk about. <laughs> I feel like we've discussed this that I've I've I have experienced it, but I never really played oh, it. I, that's I, right. I've, I've seen I've seen a friend play it before. That's and right. This was like this was like no, not my my no. Who was it? It was either my friend Alex or my cousin. It was one of the two people. But I, they, I think you said the words "I have experience with it," and so I interpreted that as "Oh, Sam's played it. Cool, let's do it." Yeah, I, <laughs> I have experience with it. It was like if you ever, have. You, <laughs> I've heard it in so the hotel be, room next door. Yeah. So you want to be a so you want to be a police officer? Do you have any experience uh, in that division? Well, I have experience with it. Well, apparently you don't I've have seen to have cops. any experience, but that's for another show. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm kidding. I respect don't touch you. Touch it. You put it down and don't touch it. Sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you drop that shit like it's hot, Alessio. Well, cool. <laughs> um, on that note. Um. So yeah, we got some listener responses. Sam, would you like Hi. to uh, read our two new iTunes boys? I would. And girls. Um, I don't know who the fuck they are, but boys or girls, yes, or both. Oh, who gives a fuck? It's whatever you want to be. Gender um, is fluid. We live in America. Yes. Fuck it. Which I guess doesn't mean a whole lot. We're not touching it. Never mind. Oh, <laughs> shit. Um, I just need some transgender <laughs> minority killing police officers to write in immediately, please. <laughs> That's the next. That's the next market I'm cornering. I had a grudge against Canada. Now I want a review from a transgender it's, minority killing police officer. It's uh, our boy girl question mark T uh, in blue. But yes, yes, I support. I support the the LGBTQ BBQs in blue. <laughs> I'll get behind that. Go ahead, yeah. Sam. Anyway, anyway. So the first one I have is a five star review um, in America from Bmotes thirteen. Said best Mondays ever which is flattering. Been listening since week two and finally posting a review. These guys are hilarious and I love Metal Gear, so how can I not recommend this show? Hell so thank yeah. you, Bemotes. Thank you, thank you. We've also got a review from Filthy Filthy Poser, D-Brain78. Love that also name. From, Just going to put all, that out there. <laughs> D-Brain78. Also from the United States of America, Canadians love MGM. Nah. Nah. No, this yeah. will not stand. Get on Canadian iTunes if you're legit. Yeah, if you're legit Canadian, why don't you leave us a Canadian iTunes review, D-Brain? Anyway, he says, Oh, hey, boys, this is one heck of a great show, eh? My favorite part is fumbling in the dark with Isaac. Up here in Canada, we have a lot of fumbling in the dark, don't you know? Anyway, keep up the great work. Go Canucks! That's very, well, that's uh, from America. That was very, like, Fargo meets Luck of the Irish. Thanks. It's good. Whenever I do, whenever I do a Irish accent, it always inevitably like tumbles into a Canadian or a, or like a Wisconsin accent. Whenever I do Wisconsin or Canadian, it always tumbles into Irish. Well, you never you never know if you're going to be going to an audition for a movie, and they're like, "All right, you're an Irishman who's recently moved to Fargo. What do you got for us?" <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do, eh? <laughs> Don't you know? Um, Don't you know? But yeah, what the fuck, get the fuck out of here. I just love the uh, you're out of like it sounds like you're out of breath when you say get the fuck out of here in an Irish accent. Get the and, fuck out of here. And I just love thinking of what you've just gone through. Like that's my favorite part. It's like what could he have possibly just gotten done with? 
My favorite thing that anybody has ever said in an Irish accent, um, there's a professional wrestler. His he's He used to go by Prince Devitt, now he goes by Finn Balor, but he used to wrestle for a promotion in Japan called New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he was listing off names of a bunch of Japanese people, um, talking about all the people he's going to beat up, and he was like, uh, he was like uh, Tanahashi, Taguchi, Nakanishi, Captain fucking New Japan, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> And that to this day remains my favorite thing that ever uttered by an Irishman. Phenomenal. I need to find that clip. But yeah, so um, I'm going to go ahead and take us through the Dossie email. Um, Chules, via email writes, Sup guys. Chules. Sup, Chules. Um, I appreciate Cameron's haterade as long as it's not forced. I didn't care much for MGS3 and anyone who claims it's the best can kiss my glutes. JK, kind of lol. Um, kiss my grits. Other than the boss, I had no real interest in that game. I thought it was a boring piece of cabbage. Parentheses, garbage. But, what you got, Chules? What are you going to (laughs) say? Chules says that having only played it once and at a much younger age than I am now, and before playing and beating MGS5, before beating MGS5, I thought the MGS series was supposed to be about Solid Snake. So when MGS3 shifted its focus to Big Boss, I built up a pure hatred for his character. Now I'm 31 and Big Boss can still kick rocks. I know Solid Snake is cloned from him, but I still find Solid to be way more interesting character than Big Boss. One day I'll go back and play MGS3 again to see if my overall feelings on the game changed, but that'll be a hot minute. Keep up the good work with the podcast and sorry for the long email. Chules. Chules. A.K.A. Cameron Hill. Yeah, A.K.A. Cameron. <laughs> um, so Chules, uh, not a long email. Uh, thank you so much for the email. No, fantastic. Thank you. Um, you should play Peace Walker, and you might actually like Big Boss a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to say about this because um, I too was a really big Snake fan, um, and then I don't know when it happened. But I don't know if I can pick a favorite. But at some point, I was like, "God damn, Big Boss is kind of the best." So um, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I think playing. MGS3, then Peace Walker, then Metal Gear, Portable Ops, and then Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain. By the end of it, I feel like Phantom Pain Big Boss isn't the same Big Boss as any other game. Because he's not, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and, uh, what are you doing? Yeah, so I don't know. I think for the most part, MGS3 Big Boss is kind of the singular mgs3 big boss like i feel like he's not in any other games i feel like the the other big boss games he feels different so if you don't like mgs3 he, big boss he, you're probably he not feels gonna like him. he feels asleep yeah he feels asleep <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry no you're fine um <laughs> so um sam do you want to read the, the the brothers wark the two the two teaches the email <laughs> well, email fup if you will they well first of all they are the same tj yes but they're, <laughs> they're twin brother emails. Twin brother emails. But what about the secret third one? Oh, shit. Les enfants Terry Mail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also very sorry for that, too. Yes. I'm not. Um, also, I do want to preface this really quick. So, TJ, all I want to say is that by no means did I say that I stood behind the preliminary mission slash second mission reading of MGS3. If, of it being anything to do with the, the development cycle. I just want you to know that we put that out there so that people knew that that was a thing floating around. Continue, Sam. Okay, so TJ Wark sends us an email. Uh, he says, 
in response to our Alessio's theory about the tanker or the uh, not the tanker, the virtuous mission, snake eater missions, latching onto kind of Kojima's feelings about the whole thing. He says, I've kind of always thought the preliminary mission, second mission, was fairly indoctrinated into basically every major release since MGS2, with the possible exception of four. In two, you have Tanker Plant. In three, you have Virtuous Mission Snake Eater. In four, you have five chapters, so I guess that's different. <laughs> <laughs> in MGS5, you really have Ground Zero's Phantom Pain. Um, I know these two games were only split up because fuck Konami. <laughs> Actually, I have to don't blame them because five was taking so long, but that, they charged $40 for Ground Zero's at release. Was the first real hint that something was really wrong at Konami IMO. Anyway, yeah, I disagree. <laughs> and I... Teach, yeah, from Teach. And I responded, I, I shot back uh, kind of a quick response. I was like, well, it's it, the two and three seem to be the only ones that really follow that trend. Ground Zeroes just seemed like it was a lot of Konami fuckery. And he shot back with, he said, well, my only comment about Ground Zeroes and five is that I think that was the intention. And he put that in italics. It's important. So you know he's super serious. Emphasis, that was the intention. It just fits so nicely into that pattern. And God knows Kojima likes patterns. <laughs> There was even discussion, you in fact are the one that pointed it out to me, that MGS2 was this talking about you as in the show, not me, because I don't think I came up with this, but that MGS2 was potentially going to be split up like that with Tanker being two entirely contained on the demo and three being the whole of the plant sequence. Fortunately, that never happened. I may have heard something like that happening with three as well, but I may be making that up. I do believe also the Virtuous Mission ended up as a standalone demo at one point, though, right? Yep, good old OPM. OPM, official PlayStation Magazine. Whoop, whoop. Still have that somewhere, probably at my grandparents' house. Whenever I like, whenever I like have something that I think that I had when I was a kid, it's usually at my grandma's house. So she's your storage container. Yeah, yeah. My nice. my my favorite, the most the the most wonderful storage container on the planet. Love you, grandma. She's not listening. She's not listening. <laughs> Love you, Nana. Anyway. TJ continues, the only game where they outright sold a demo was Ground Zeroes. I didn't buy it at 40 and wouldn't. It was worth 20 at launch tops, but I would say worth a solid 20. I bought it for 40. So did I. Um, I like that. Worth a solid 20. Mm. <laughs> um, I suspect that Kojima had something to say about it. He wouldn't have been for splitting the game up like that, but I at least understand Konami's reasoning at, by that point. I mean, it was, what, five years already, at least since MGS4? They needed something to show for all that effort. Was it five years? When did, uh, when Ground Zeroes came out, it was it was closer to like seven or eight. Yeah, it was pretty far. Because Ground Zeroes didn't didn't five come out the year after Ground Zeroes? No, I think five came out like two years. So I think twenty fourteen. I was still living in Potosi, so I think it was twenty fourteen. Okay, so, huh? So maybe five years because well, let me think. I think MGS4 was two thousand eight. Because right? four came out. Yeah, four came out in eight. So it'd be uh, six years. Six years. A lot. Of, a lot of years. Anyway, <laughs> this many years, you can't, anyway, you can't see me this many holding up all my fingers. Um, they needed something to show for all that effort. I don't even mind the brevity. I just wish more would have been done with Camp Omega in the long run. It was a really well constructed area. Normally I go, don't go in much for B missions, but the first time I ran rescue the operative mission after a minute it really had my adrenaline pumping between the music and the set pieces. I just wish it wasn't over so fast. Anyway. I have finally cracked my addiction at Metal Gear Solid Five. I'll still play it from time to time, although I mostly moved on back to The Witcher uh, Three. The oh, that is The Witcher Three. I was, I was literally just about to say that. Although I'll be following along and playing again during season five. But man, what a ride! Plot holes and everything. I'll still say, from a pure game perspective, Metal Gear Solid Five is one of the best made games of this or any generation. Not only is it super fun to play from a technical standpoint, it's a masterpiece. To look that good and and one ooh. 
to look that good on my POS 2012 laptop, hell, to run on an Xbox 360, it's really a shame nothing else is going to come of the Fox engine. That's probably the biggest tragedy of this whole scenario. God knows Kojima's already landing on his feet, so I'm not worried about that. I guess a real wrap-up of Big Boss's story would have been nice, but I'm also in the Kojima camp a bit regarding that. I kind of understand why he did what he did, not giving full closure, but I also like the finale to season... But I also like the finale to season one of True Detective, so what do I know? I've never seen True Detective. I keep on... I keep on hearing a lot about True Detective yeah, uh, Season yet, 1. I still have yet to watch it as well. And I apologize if anybody's mad at me for that. Um, but and yeah. I, and also, I hear that Season 2 is dookie. Also, I hear that Stranger Things is the best goddamn show right now. So you should just watch also, that instead. Yeah, that's also what I <laughs> But yeah. Um, no, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I really wish that we would have gotten the Camp Omega throwback that Kojima was talking about. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I feel like this is all stuff we've talked about in the past, so I'm just going to move on. Thank you, TJ, as always. Thank you, sir. Um, I appreciate all of the time and effort that goes into your emails. Mm, bellissimo. It was delicious. Um, Facebook post. <laughs> is that what that means? Well, no. Bellissimo is, uh, like, pretty, like, beautiful. Um, oh, so I meant but that. But, yeah. That's what I meant to say. Facebook post. Ben Garibaldi-Smith via FB. Uh, this is making me sad. BGS. And then posted a Kotaku post about um, the Pachinko Machine cutscene. And all of the gorgeous remastered cutscenes that they've created for and how we're probably never going to see them in an actual yeah. remake of Metal Gear Solid 3. Sad day. Um, and we got, we even, got into a really... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're I was going to say, we got, into a really, like, we got into a really, like, generally long talk about... Uh, how we'd probably play um, remastered versions of all these games um, if they uh, if they made them in our Slack, uh, which is pretty good. Yeah, it was good. So you should be a patron and donate your money at patreon.com slash geektimenetwork. Um, oh, oh. But I will say this. Um, if they decided to remake MGS3 before remaking Metal Gear 1 and 2 um, after 5, I would be pretty pissed. Because yeah. I would much rather like MGS three is still fucking playable. Like we just did it for the show. Like it's fine. Yeah. Like it's, no, it sure. works. Um, Metal Gear one and two are like damn near unplayable. Especially one. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like one is just like you got to play it with a strategy guide in your lap. Um, so I want that. So please do that. Well, especially considering like you know slight spoilers for for the end of five if you're not prepared for that, but. Um, especially considering that five is kind of like a direct lead into Metal Gear One. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that should be that should be if if hypothetically they're going to remake something, it should be that. If they remade one, I think it would be really killer for them to put in more information pertaining to what the fuck happened at the end of five. Absolutely. So anyway, um, but then right after that, Ben Garibaldi Smith, or actually technically right before that, Ben Garibaldi Smith uh, had posted, Hey, Alessio, this reminds me of your experience playing MGS3 on the Vita. And it is a screenshot <laughs> from South Park uh, of the skiing instructor. And at the top it says, if you have MGS3 on Vita and you plan to do any aiming, and then at the bottom... You're going to have a stuff, bad time. Yep, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> so thank you for that, my good friend. Sweet. So, Sam, Facebook messages. Will you read? Facebook messages. I, uh, I believe new message. I don't. Believe no, 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 no. This message is new, but but Tony has written in before. Oh yeah, for sure. I just meant like oh. it's a new message. But. Oh yes, it is a new message. Um, so, um, NASCAR legend Tony Gordon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fam- famous <laughs> right, for his appearance in uh, Half Life. Yes. <laughs> Tony Gordon Freeman writes. Uh, 
two things struck me on my last play, playthrough of MGS3. One is the scene where the boss shoots the drone in the forest. The developers took great care in showing the bullets tumble end over end. I haven't figured out if there's any significance in this or if they were just getting fancy with the effects. <laughs> um, it could be that the Patriot is such an inaccurate gun and it just sprays bullets in any direction, but maybe there's something else to it. The second thing I noticed about MGS3 is how great the boss is. She's the ultimate teacher. Her mission was to be killed by Snake. She knew as his teacher that he wasn't ready to kill her, so she gave him some tough love and broke his arm. Every time they met after that, she could have easily killed him, but she didn't. The boss used the Cobra unit to strengthen Snake until she knew he was ready to kill her. She knew her death had to look like she defected and Snake hunted her down. In the end, she ensured that her protege did just that by forcing his hand with the MiGs. She had to have a profound love for Snake. Uh, she ensured his success by strengthening him with battle. This all just makes the end battle so bittersweet. In the end, it's one of the most profound and poignant moments I've ever witnessed, as it's one of the reasons I love this series so much. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Tony, I responded to this via message, but I have to publicly respond. Um, no, I'm kidding. I don't have to, but I'm just going to say, hey, all you gun nuts that love our show, um, not in a derogatory way, so don't think I was being judgmental. Um, all you guys who know things about guns who listen to the show, um, I think I'm right. So if anybody out there has gun experience and I'm wrong, definitely chime in and let me know. I'm not Detrochi- the Detrochio, yeah. So we're talking about Zach, um, but um, I'm, I'm not the I'm not the end all be all uh, advisor on weapons. But from what I do know, um, I I, and I don't I think it's on impact. So maybe this is wrong. But the M16 and all of the variants that come from that family of gun, um, from what I have formulated, uh, is that when they shoot, the bullets tumble so as to do the most damage to what they're hitting. Um, Mm. And I don't know, I believe from what I've read that it is like intended so that when the bullet enters the body, it tumbles through the body and then just like fucks shit up on the way out the door. Yeah. so that and and if you look at the Patriot, it's very obviously it's like a modified like M14 or M16, whatever fucking M gun is <laughs> contemporary with the 60s. Um, but you know what I'm saying. So I think I'm getting it right. Please let me know if I'm getting it wrong. But yeah, so Tony, that's your reason. I wish there was like plot significance. That'd be really cool. But I sadly I don't think there is. Um, Finding patterns and everything. I know. I wish that Did- everything was a metaphor, but it's not. <laughs> Did um? Do you remember? Did last time? Did we bring up um? Tony's uh, Tony's uh birthday party. Oh, that his wife did for him. No, we did not actually. Did okay. we even? Did we even read that message? That no, he I don't think so. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna so we're gonna rewind the clock as Tony Where also was sent that? us. Was it on Facebook post? Yeah, it was. It was in. The, it was the messenger. Oh, it was a little bit before that. I don't know why it didn't pop up for me. <laughs> um, but Tony Tony sent us a message a little bit before the one I just read, um, saying, "You guys keep blowing my mind. I'm up to the I'm up to the next to last MGS3 episode, and I was surprised to hear about the effects the different camos had. I had no idea the Saros did anything at all. Looks like I have to play it all over. Good reason. One of my all time favorite playthroughs was a two hour battle with the end. <laughs> I used the directional microphone to listen for his breathing, then sniped his wrinkled old butt. I stayed in the tall grass and relocated after every shot, like a real sniper. I'm guessing." It took a long time, but it was one of the most enjoyable video game experiences I've ever had. After playing Metal Gear Solid 5's quiet mission, I longed for the complex difficulty that was in MGS3. I know if Konami ever decides to render this game in Fox Ended, I'd be one of the first in line to buy it. This game could be made better with some of MGS5's stealth mechanics. It might make it a little too easy, but they could implement the sliding scale of difficulty present in MGS5. 
Um, he then brings up, on a side note, I wanted to show you guys how big of a Metal Gear geek I am. My wife threw me a surprise MGS3 birthday for my 30th. She even made me a snake-shaped cake, which um, I will, we will share that in the show notes. It's really cool looking. Um, and then he also shared, which this one we won't share, but there's a picture of him sitting on a couch with his family um, with a bunch of the uh, alert exclamation marks over everybody's head. Um, and he's wearing uh, an eye patch and a bandana, and it's wonderful. Well, ex- except for the lovely lady on the far right who has a question mark above her head. Yeah, there, there's one. I don't think that's a lady, sir. Oh, excuse me. I'm not looking at the. I'm not looking at the image right now, so I apologize. I think that's a. I think that's a, a young a young lad, but I could be. We could we could both be wrong, or we could both be right. Who knows? Who knows? Gender is fluid. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much, uh, um, Tony Gordon Freeman. Thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah so that's pretty much been all of our responses like i said if you guys have any responses to mgo or if you have any retroactive mgs3 responses um we pretty much read them as we get them to be honest so mm-hmm. you could you could write in anything metal gear and we'd probably read it um, we, were, we were talking about like mgs2 stuff at the beginning of mgs3 season so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, also, I do want to go ahead and be transparent about this. Um, I don't think any of us is uh, are, is bleh. I don't think any of us are proactively playing Metal Gear One like we should be. Um, yeah. So I don't know if we will have anything to talk about next week. Next episode is actually going to be on Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops and Portable Ops Plus. So I'm going to be totally real with you guys. We might need like a week to just fucking play Metal Gear 1 because we're not going to break it up into multiple episodes. So we'll figure that out. Check us out on social. Um, There maybe there'll be something. I mean, I could record something to put next week, but it won't be a full episode. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, guys. Due to the we'll 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 kind of announce on Facebook.com slash Metal Gear Mondays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so due to the uh, nature of all of our schedules kind of being in flux and life and other things, um, we uh, yeah we will not have that ready. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll have something. So who knows? Uh, we'll figure something out. Um, but yeah, so sweet. Um, if you guys want and you uh, dig what we're doing, check out uh, geekti.me. Uh, we have a couple new members over uh, in the Slack. So if you want to join yeah. that discussion, go to patreon.com slash geektimenetwork. Give another, give it, give another thank you to uh, David Yang, who, who um, went to lengths to explain to us that he is not of Chinese origin. Therefore, the yin and yang doesn't make sense for him. Uh, so I do apologize for that. Uh, <laughs> but yes, apparently Cameron uh, did not dissuade him from donating. So that was good. No, which thankfully. So thank you, David. And also thank you to a storm in Norman Aragon, um, which I, I can't take credit for that nickname. Nikki Ziggy Stardust, Nikki Ziggy in the place to be, Booyaka Shah, Nick Ziggler um, uh, came up with that in the Slack. So thank you for that, Nikki Z. And thank you, Norman. Yup, yup. And uh, likewise, too, you can check us out on iTunes, all of our shows. You can just search The Geek Time Network, um, and you can check us out on... No, 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 just, just Geek Time. Oh, just Geek Time, excuse me. Yes. Um, and you can go check us out on Facebook uh, slash Metal Gear Mondays, or just uh, search Geek Time Network on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. But yeah, Sam, you got anything else to add, buddy? Um, I don't I don't think I do. Again, patreon.com slash Geek Time Network, $5 a month gets you sponsorship. Uh, episodes a day early of all of our shows and some other bonus stuff that we're 
We're working in the pipeline for you guys and access to our Slack channel where we're goofy and don't give a fuck about anything. Um, um, you can find me on Twitter um, at SamWrightDPS if you want to get in contact with me. You can also email um, admin at geekti.me and samw at geekti.me if you have any questions or issues that you would like to bring up about the show or just geek time in general. Yep, um, and I'm at AC Summerfield on Twitter and A-L-E-S-S-I-O at geekti.me via email. Um, and yeah, so Sam, I got a question. Wait. Um, yes. When you get packages from Amazon delivered, how do they uh, how do they arrive? Well, the last one I got, which was Clue Finders, came in an envelope. Okay, is that typical? Because I, I I've not used Amazon before, so I'm trying to figure out how to prep for this. Oh, you've never used Amazon before? I've not. Well, <laughs> let me let me let me break it down for you. Right. So you go you go on Amazon.com and. You go to geekti.me slash WP slash donate and use the link there before you go. Uh-huh. Um, obviously. <laughs> obviously. So that's step one. Uh-huh. Then you put stuff in the shopping cart and you buy all the things and you do the shopping cart uh, dance from the 80s or whatever that was popular. Um, and you go check out. You pay for your stuff. And then the electronic signal is sent to a bunch of uh, funny little monkeys in mm-hmm. a control center uh-huh. somewhere in the the alps the swiss alps mm-hmm. um and they kind of like otherwise it's like, known a, thousand, it's like a thousand uh-huh. monkeys yeah yes the alps known as seattle yes uh, and they kind of they a bunch of like a thousand monkeys in a room uh, eventually they get your order right and then when they finally get the order right they start kind of throwing them into certain little receptacles mm-hmm. um and um they take that receptacle and they send it to you via the FedEx or the UPS or the recent merger FedUPS mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. the USPS Postal Service that mm-hmm. was redundant. Um, then once you open your door, you take the receptacle inside and you open it up and, you know, it's monkeys. So you don't have anything in the receptacle and you realize that you're left what you're left with. It's 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 it's, it's just a box. Gotcha. OK, cool. Now, how do you get money? It's just a box. 